Our Old Testament lesson is an Advent prayer for the ages. Isaiah prays a a down on your knees, a hands raised up to the sky, pulse quickening prayer that bellows and groans and leaves him out of breath. A crying out that that cracks the voice and echoes through the rafters and the canyons and awakens everyone who hears it from the crests of the mountains down into the shadows of the valleys. I've been eager to tell you just how much more I feel this prophecy, this prayer prophecy, this year more than any year in the past and more than any time I've ever preached on this text. It's a prayer I've felt in growing intensity across the year, and and one I bet, I wager, that you have too. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, that the mountains would quake and flow at your presence. This is how Advent begins. Advent means arrival. We wait for God's arrival. Advent begins in distress, in anguish, in desperation. It begins in the depths of the heart, in the viscera of our bodies. It begins with a primal cry, almost like an infant's cry. Isaiah distills Advent even into one letter. Oh, oh, that you would tear open the heavens. Oh, what does this oh contain? Maybe it's both the hopes and fears of all the years and all the hopes and fears of this year distilled into one letter. Oh, making the the very shape of our mouths when we say it. Oh. What does this O sound like? Is it an understated O? Is it merely O that you would tear open the heavens or come down? Or is it an explosive O that you would tear open the heavens and come down? Or is it a primeval sound? beginning in the diaphragm and rising slowly through the lungs and the heart and up into the throat like a woman in labor or a person grieving or a gospel choir singing. I wonder if this O is in store for all of us at one time or another. When this introductory prayer ever wells up within us, it's especially surprising to those of us who have been taught to think that we must, we must begin every prayer formulaically, dear God. This Advent, let's set aside for a moment the polite prayers. God doesn't need protection from our full-throated emotion. Isaiah bypasses our middle-class politeness and civility. He makes everyone around him blush at the intensity of his longing for God to break down the door and act in the present. 
In a strange way, though, isn't it gratifying to, to feel some sense of solidarity with the prophet Isaiah and his cry? Who, who hasn't wished in a moment of despair that, <clears throat> that God would break through the trusses and come into the room or come into the place where you are and reverse the order of events or save us from them or redeem them? Think of those who depend on the land for their living. The rain won't come. Drought persists. The fields dry up. The crops fade. Another year of hopes dashed. They lift up their eyes to the cirrus clouds. Oh, that you would tear open. Oh, that you would rip open. The parent of a sick child sitting at his side and caressing his hair as he sleeps the ever-present beeping of the monitors the flowers from last week sagging on the windowsill and he lifts up his eyes to the acoustic tile oh that you would tear open the heavens The nurse, working feverishly to save lives, witnessing death after unnecessary death, driving home after an exhausting shift. How many would change what they're doing if they could see what she's seen? Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down and make it plain. These are individual prayers, and I commend them to everyone. But in this original sense, Isaiah is offering a prayer for an entire nation, disappointed and divided, the fabric of their whole society made thread by, threadbare by a long exile. Injustices persist among them. Even earlier in Isaiah, he prophesies, it's, it's not God who's done this. It's y'all. Y'all did it. We did it. God's wrath is not retributive. It's consequential. When God made the heavens and the earth, God set a firmament to divide the waters from the water. And that's where we get dry ground below. We get space for dry ground. And we get the firmament which creates this dome that we call sky. This is the ancient world, Hebrew worldview right from the beginning in Genesis. It's a cosmic dome that's holding back these primordial waters. And these waters would come crashing down upon us if the firmament were to break open. So in a way, we might be hearing Isaiah praying for this celestial levee to break. Reminds me of Led Zeppelin. <laughs> when the levee breaks, there'll be no place to stay. Tear open the heavens, Lord, so that justice may roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Pierce the seal of the sky that a flood may level all the inequities and we can start over fresh. Oh, that you would open up the sky and pour yourself out upon these mountains. 
and make them quake with your voice and the rivers simmer at your presence. As this is the very first sermon of the Christian year, this is a new year. I want to tell you that as I've felt Isaiah's prayer surging within me, I've also felt a new hope growing in my heart. And I want to tell you why. The reason I feel hope growing in my heart is because I believe when nations and communities and congregations pray along with Isaiah, it makes room for God to act. Isaiah's prayer makes room for God to act because it is a full and complete recognition that we can't save ourselves. We've tried. We've done a lot of trying and a lot of failing. It's up to God now. Yet, O Lord, Isaiah says, you are our father, we are the clay, you are our potter. We are all the work of your hands. So imagine when we pray as Isaiah prays, God really does open up the heavens and the waters really do rush in and they, shatter, they saturate and they soften our hardened clay and they make us supple and pliable, that God may make of us new creations all over again. Now, do you believe this? Do you believe that God can do this for us? One day, when Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, there's this huge crowds following them. Jesus is really famous at this, at this point in the Gospel of Matthew. There's two blind men just kind of hanging out. Uh, they're just hanging out on the side of the road, and they hear all this ruckus from the crowd following Jesus by the road, and they say to the passers-by, hey, what's all that ruckus? And the passers-by say, all this ruckus is a crowd following Jesus. You may have heard of this man, Jesus. Just as soon as they say his name, the two blind men are up on their feet and they're begging, Lord, have mercy on us. And they must have been pretty annoying, even above all the ruckus, because the passersby start shouting back at them, hey, when you clam it up, this is Jesus over here. If you want to get in line, the line starts back there. And they annoy him all the more. Lord, have mercy on us. And finally, Jesus hears them. He stops everything he's doing. He makes his way through the crowd to the side of the road. And he looks at these two blind men and he says, Now, what is it that you want me to do for you? What a kind question. What is it you want me to do for you? And they respond, will you open our eyes? And Jesus is really moved by their request. And so he puts his hand on their eyes. And their eyes are opened. 
Now, I'll tell you a secret. This is the same word translated from Hebrew to Greek as the opening of the sky that Isaiah pleads for. Lord, open our eyes. And I'll tell you one more secret. Near the end of Matthew, when Jesus cries out at an even greater volume than Isaiah, and he breathes his last, if you had been there at the time within earshot of the temple, you would have heard a giant ripping sound, the curtain dividing all the rest of us from God's presence, ripped from top to bottom, completely in two. And you would have felt your body shaking from an earthquake, and you would hear the shotgun blast of rocks splitting. And do you know what else that you would hear and witness opening? Opening. Graves. The graves also were opened, Matthew says, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and walked among us. Stifled by our blindness, cynical in our doubts, paralyzed by our anxieties, dead in our sins across the year. Lord, have mercy on us. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down and rip open. Open our eyes. Open our hearts. And open our graves.